from their secret mountain lair somewhere in Colorado, this is the Image Doctors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Jason O'Dell and Rick Walker. Hey, everyone. It's time for the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. It's good to be here. Good to be back again with everyone this week. Um, we had some nice discussion going on in the um, Facebook page last week because we had mentioned the OM1. So guess what? We're going to talk about the Olympus OM1 in a little more detail today, right? Yeah. And one of the things I'll, I'll mention, because I'm sure there will be someone, some people that say, oh, I'm not going to buy an OM1 or an Olympus or whatever. Before you hang up and turn off yeah, the podcast. Before you hang up, I will say that <laughs> I think you'll find other things in this episode that will pertain to what you might be using or, or a different brand that you might be contemplating buying. Um, some of this stuff is universal, at least in some respects. Of course, every camera is implemented differently too. Right. But I think it, it might help you with ways to think about things or organize your thoughts on, on them whether it's in the purchase at the purchase stage or using it. Well, and let's just start off with a little bit of backstory here. Okay. Sure. So you've had micro four thirds for, for a while, uh, for a long time, actually long time, a, a long Since time. They first came out. Actually. They were one of the first, you know, mirrorless. They were one of the earliest mirrorless formats. Mm -hmm. um, and couple of things have happened along the way you know one one thing we talked about uh, a while back was that olympus as we know it got purchased right they got bought completely um by a, a third party um and so they're not really their olympus name is still there it's the same stuff but there's th this is the one of the first cameras that this new olympus group has you know the om system or whatever you want to call them yeah uh, instead of calling them olympus they call them om system now so this is the first camera that came out with that designation um and, and if things hold true this will be the last one with the olympus name on it okay so olympus They've already moved name. away from that name on their newest lenses okay it'll just say om system right now they're going to be all compatible oh yeah you know all, all that good stuff so it's just naming stuff at this point um Olympus had released a large sort of flag, you know, integrated grip body. Um, what about a year or two ago? When was that? Uh, the the OMX, whatever it was, a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and then this one is more of the regular, traditional, small form factor. You know, no grip on it. You know, no vertical grip integrated. Mm -hmm. um, but Which it's I specked like. out. Yeah, it's a it, well, it's a very good um, uh, design uh, for the most part. It's a great form factor for for most people, especially if you're traveling, right? Especially if your mm -hmm. camera is supposed to be small. Um, so this one's interesting because it was it's just recently come out. Uh, it totally redesigned a lot of stuff, um, and it includes a lot of the features that we've been talking about in the last couple of weeks uh, that are similar to what we're seeing from the canons and the sony's and the nikon z9 right so it's got right. so really where this camera uh 
if you were to describe it, Rick, because you're the one who, so you went out and, you know, sold some other cameras, get, get this one. So it's an upgrade mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. If I recall, mm-hmm. um, what, if you were to say like, what are the three main differences between this in terms of specs and, and the previous generations of Olympus cameras, in, in other words, you know, what's the difference? Why would you get an OM? You know, what's in it that's better or different or, or significant? Yeah, and, and it's not going to be three, but it won't be a bazillion either. Um, I would say, you know, one is it's got, you know, one of those stacked CMOS sensors, mm-hmm. which enables you to use electronic shutter much more often. Okay. Then so you- a 20 megapixel sensor. Mm-hmm. But is that new sensor design that's that? Yeah. So same thing that the Z9 has, the Sony Alpha One, the um, Canon R3. And with those, you can get away with using the electronic shutter in almost every situation. I mean, the Z9 doesn't even have a mechanical shutter. Right. But you're not going to get that weird jello effect or skewing of your your subject because the scan rate is too slow. In this case, it's very fast. So you can pretty much use the electronic shutter almost all the time if you want to. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing with it. So that's that's one. And I think that's an important mm-hmm. feature that's showing up on newer cameras. It will be the standard in the future, positive of that. The other thing is it's got a pretty robust set of subject recognition technologies. So it'll handle vehicles, you know, what called the john candy mode planes trains and automobiles right it'll it'll do birds it'll be it'll do animals which are nominally dogs and cats but they're usually you can get away with more things than just dogs and cats with all the systems and then it's got um recognition for people there's some weird nuances with that that i'll get to later but it will handle all of those things so subject recognition i think is a very critical thing Mm -hmm. That's definitely where things have been going. We've been spending a lot of time talking about those features. It has a very much improved electronic viewfinder. The Olympus ones in the past were very lackluster, low contrast, um, low dynamic range, not high resolution. This thing is is beautiful. You know, about five and a half mega dots or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Nice colors handles dynamic range well so that's a beautiful thing and i like it completely revamped menu structure and look um, compared to the old ones Uh, many people will like that i think it's useful not as big of changes might think based on some of the press and stuff but you know those are those are kind of the the Mm -hmm. main things and overall performance is much quicker it's got a lot of computational photography features and all of those run much faster than they did in previous cameras, which well, makes them more usable. Yeah. And, and, and let me stop here for a second and yeah. say, you know, for, for the most part, you know, if you're listening to this episode, um, you know, we're going to talk about this camera, but you're probably in one of potentially two camps. If you're interested in this, it's either because you have Olympus gear already and mm-hmm. you're wondering whether or not it's worth it to do what you did, which was, you know, sell off some older bodies and buy this or, or, and stay or in the system and stay in the system. Uh, or if you've been wondering about the Olympus system, because we've we've talked about how much we like 
the idea of having smaller cameras because there's mm-hmm. not a lot of good ones out there. And this one sounds like it's one of these good ones, you know, for truly small, compact, you know, travel applications where this could be your camera, your, your everyday camera or whatever, or, or even a travel camera. I think that's an important thing to, to think about. So we, we should talk about, um, we're going to talk about, you know, what the camera does and how it performs, but also just some different use cases. Cause we got, we did get some questions in the, in our Facebook page, um, you know, about some of these kinds of things. So, yeah. so just to be clear, you know, we're talking about micro four thirds, which is a, uh, from full frame or 35 millimeter, that's a two X crop. So your focal lengths effectively are twice, whatever <laughs> the millimeters say, if mm-hmm. you want to keep it simple like that. Um, and it will shoot what 20 frames per second or faster in some cases, depending on your buffer, it looks like it'll go hundreds of frames per second. Yeah. 120 frames a second. Um, even in raw for, for it just, what changes your, is your buffer. Um, or the number of frames you can shoot because 92 frames of raw at 120 frames a second. Well, that's less than a second, but you can yeah, do it. Yeah. You can, you can blast away with this thing. Yeah. Um, and let me, I'm just looking through the specs here just mm-hmm. to see anything. It looks like raw is um, just 12 bit raw format. So that's a discriminator True. between some of the other cameras, which might have 14 or, or higher bit. The, raw. the key thing is if you're using something like, micro four thirds which is a little bit noisier and stuff 14 bit would just be kind of a waste okay it wouldn't really give you improved Mm -hmm. performance um let's see what else i'm just looking through stuff um one interesting feature and we'll talk about the autofocus but it's got cross type um yeah which is interesting because most of the cameras that are on the on sensor AF don't use cross type as far as I know. No, most of them will, you know, they're horizontal line mm-hmm. sensors, but this is so that, all those, cross. that'll be interesting. That's cool. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a unique thing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there's all the video stuff, which I'm not even going to attempt to, to, we're not going to focus on that today um, at all. Um, and, and, you know, and, and on form factor stuff, it takes um, SD cards. So yeah. small, readily available anywhere. Mm-hmm. It has two slots, so that's a good thing. And both of them are the higher speed mm-hmm. UHS-2 slots, so that's good. Okay. So, you know, and it looks like it has an articulating touch LCD, which is kind of the norm these days. Um, we can talk yeah, about but that a little the later. menus aren't touch sensitive. Oh, okay. We'll see this, and then we get into some nuance, right? So yeah. now, now we're talking about... They, I wish they had. But right. They it's a nice feature. Um no, I'm just looking through stuff. And so, so this basically seems like on paper as much or more of a camera than the, the big one, <laughs> what it was, is. you know, the um, EM1X, the EM1X. That's the one I was thinking. I, right. I, I got a little tongue tied there for a minute. Thank you. Um, so it looks like it's a, it's an upgrade even against that, but in a smaller package. So that's going to be appealing to that smaller form factor crowd. And that's, that is not something to, to, to take lightly. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, the interest for me in this camera was, is not so much the subject recognition stuff. Um, You know, how I will use it is for travel because I do value the smaller size, Mm -hmm. especially for the lenses. That's really where you see the benefit. Mm -hmm. I value the, the nice EVF, I value the faster performance um, that you get from many of the features. 
I love the electronic shutter um, being more universally usable on subjects where I can just leave it there. Mm -hmm. Those are all wonderful things for me. The subject recognition is, I'm not going to use this as my primary wildlife camera. I never intended that. But, no, it's but nice there are people who might it. want to be able to do that. Yes. Right. But we're going to talk about that. Right. I mean, in your but in case, terms of my motivations, they were a little bit different. Right. In your case, you were looking to basically upgrade your Olympus system mm -hmm. because you wanted it to be more modernized. And I think if you are in the market for a mirrorless camera right now and you've got a lot of choices out there, you know, things like the subject detection are important. If they and, don't have those features, then you might want to look elsewhere. All other things being equal, right? Yeah. If, if you're doing it for gen not everyone wants to buy a system for wildlife and a system for travel. No. And I mean, that's, that's no. painful and expensive. <laughs> you know? yep. Not what I would recommend. It's where I've ended up, but not what I would really recommend. So, but, so let me ask you, a, a, mm -hmm. I mean, you had an Olympus system for a really long time. And, yeah. and before we dive into some of the, the details on the OM1, um, would you, so like you have a, uh, I, I know you've got an overseas trip coming up and I know one of the things we always talk about is what, what the heck are you going to bring? Mm -hmm. Um, had the OM1 not existed, like if it wasn't out yet or not available or even mm -hmm. not announced, would you be considering, would you still have considered bringing your Olympus camera on, on an overseas, you know, a travel vacation? Yes. Okay. So you still would have used the, the previous ones as well. I would have at least considered it. Okay. You know, it's not like you're going to say, oh gosh, I got to get rid of Olympus now because no, no. they're not as good as my other cameras or no. whatever. No, that's good to know. I mean, just the, the thinking process there. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so let's then talk about um, just sort of an over, you've mentioned the EVF being much, much better. So a huge step up. So that brings this camera kind of on par with the competition in terms of viewfinder yeah it's actually quite nice because it's it's a large um evf display too bigger than a lot of them it's like 0.83 magnification so mm -hmm. it's nice that's good um and uh anything um so you like the evf what's the visual experience is that generally good any any hiccups there you through know, the look, viewfinder through the viewfinder yeah so a global comment on this camera. I like it very much. I'm absolutely going to keep it. It is what I'm going to take to Portugal. That seems like a no-brainer. For the things that I normally do, it, it works great. It needs a big firmware drop. really does. And, and in addition to fixing some bugs, at least things I perceive as bugs, I think they need to rethink some of their design choices too, because they've left things kind of complicated. Okay. Um, so there, there are just elements of it that feel like there, it wasn't quite done. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so um, but we'll get into that. Right. So you mentioned the electronic shutter is pretty much how you're using it. That's a great feature. Yep. Yep. Um, all, all of those reasons. Um, what about the, um, you know, from your, you know, image quality, how is the ISO and the dynamic range compared to what you expected or what you're used to or good? Um, 
it's it's almost identical to previous Olympus cameras. Now this is something that got really screwed up in their marketing and their brand brand, uh, brand ambassadors relaying relaying stuff. And you know, brand ambassadors, it's there can be goodness there in that they have long term experience with the system and and know better about how to actually operate it and make it sing. The bad side of it is they don't always talk about problems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, neither of us are beholden to any manufacturer. No, we're at not. This point. So I mean, it's important that people know that we're not. So when, what we tell you is not influenced by that. You know, no one gives us money for this stuff. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> we'd be happy to take some, but you know, it's how it goes. Yeah, we'd be careful, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, yes, you can get you can get called out for that. So anyway, so you're saying performance is basically in line with the other sim- similar spec Olympus cameras. Yeah, there there was right? stuff that said you'll get two stops improved ISO performance and a stop more dy- dynamic range. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Not really true. So here, here's what happened, and I, it's possible some of this was a language translation issue. So with the OM1, its, quote, native ISO range went up by two stops, two stops higher. For everything below that, the performance is the same. And really what they did was just enable an extended ISO range okay. at the top end. So it like all of those, it definitely gets rattier once you enter that zone. But to me, that's not two stops improved ISO. No, that just means you can set the camera higher. And then with the dynamic range thing, there is no change in dynamic range. Um, There's an improved dynamic range if you use some of the high resolution modes where it, you know, stitches together a whole bunch of images that takes by moving around the image stabilization system mm-hmm. okay. that's not how people interpret it right. so the best way to view it is same performance that you had there before which means not quite as good as APS-C or full frame but very usable and I've had no problem here in the last you know week and a half or so you know doing shots in low light like 12,800 mm-hmm. and coming up with nice looking images okay well no that's problem. good yeah, and and I, and I know have to know a little bit more about sharpening and noise reduction than the average bear, but I can do it. All right. Um, now, the um, before I, let let's move to the autofocus because I think that is the biggest change with this camera, right? With mm-hmm. the, the the sub. So autofocus, there's all kinds of stuff, you know, and we could have an, maybe we will have an episode on it at some point, but, but with the newer cameras, you've got, you've got to choose between things like, you know, drive modes and the, the AF point configurations, whether it's, you know, large areas or zones or, or single Mm -hmm. points or whatever, and have you move them. And then we've added in another level of complexity now with not just how the autofocus motors behave you know with tracking your subject or following your subject i should say um, but also the subject detection the ai algorithms that are under the hood as well and that's the trend that we've been talking about for the last several months mm-hmm. you know as all these cameras are getting better at it um so so tell me about with the om1 um it really is the first olympus to truly 
bring in the full suite of of detectable subjects right so you got vehicles right. they, they they in the em1x it had some subject recognition you know birds for example and <clears throat> transportation and stuff but it didn't have the animal slash dogs and cats mode mm-hmm. in it whereas this does okay but it's a new feature right and there's eye detection right there's face detection that kind of stuff yeah. Now, one of the complicated things is that face and eye detection is a separate thing than subject recognition, and it really shouldn't be. I think that was just something where they were reusing uh-huh. software. Okay. And so it becomes complicated. Um, one of the things I would say is, you, you know, this is the least expensive camera on the market that has subject rec- recognition. The, right. the next least expensive that has sophisticated subject recognition is the Canon R6, which is like $300 more. And then the other things go up from there all the way up into Mm -hmm. the mid 6,000s, right? Right, right. So the price is very low, but it's not a simple stripped down system. It's actually pretty complicated. Um, I've used all the systems that are out there with the exception of the Z9, but I've heard and seen so much stuff from you on that, I have a pretty good sense of how it works. And we've mm-hmm. done a lot of shooting together at the same time. This one is more complicated. It, it just plain is. Um, I'll give you one quick example. It will last a couple minutes because it's something that people need to know if they're looking at this. So you've got, you know, the planes, trains, automobiles, the animals, the birds, the subject recognition types that you can pick from. Mm-hmm people are not one of the categories. You would think they would be, but they're not. Instead, there's this completely separate thing that's face and eye detection that works on people. And you can't have both set at the same time. So if you want subject recognition on, the other gets turned off or vice versa, or you can't even turn it on. Um, And then they behave differently. It gets into this complicated thing where some cameras like the Nikon Z9 and the Sony's um, will confine autofocus or subject recognition to just the area that's under where you have the autofocus sensor parked. And if it's touching that, it'll pick up that subject, including eyes and all that kind of stuff. But you can you can constrain it with other cameras like the Canon R5 and 6. You can't constrain it. You can just bias where it, you tell it to start, and then you know hopefully it'll pick up close by there. And if not, it'll go to something a little bit further out. So it's just a biasing thing, as opposed to constraints. With the Olympus, it will do both. However, you would never know that from the instruction manual. It has to do with the idea if you put it in tracking mode, then it's just biasing. If you use continuous autofocus and a smaller pattern, it'll constrain it. So that's just something you have to think through. And it it can be an advantage, but it's also a complicating factor. I personally think they should have put the face and eye detection for people in with the subject recognition right. and then made the behavior the same. Cause it turns out that all that stuff I mentioned is only true for stuff in subject recognition. If yeah. it's people, 
it'll go anywhere it needs to to find them. Never mind the bounding thing. Yeah, so. and having some control. I mean, this this is um, regardless of the system that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these systems that use AI subject recognition and detection, um, you really need to know the behavior of that system and what it's going to do. Because if you don't, um, you know, one is that you you may or may not like the way it works. You might choose you might end up choosing a different system based based on something. Um, but more importantly, when you're out shooting, you really need to know what it's going to do, what its limitations are, because, um, you know, you can make an argument for, for a system that will detect a subject anywhere in the viewfinder and you bias it towards the you know left side or wherever you put mm-hmm. the thing versus something more, more uh, constrained where you say, well, no, I only want you to look for subjects where I'm putting the AF area and the rest of the frame is, is irrelevant, you know, ignore it. Um, you can make arguments for that. Um, but the important thing is to know how to set that up and how it works and, and, and what they are. And it sounds like from, from our discussion is, is that with the Olympus system, there's a lot of different things, but it sounds like there's a lot of sub settings that you've got to go in there and toggle things on and off that can make it maybe unnecessarily complicated. I, I think it is a little bit because of some, what I would say are cost saving savings measures because they tried to reuse old code for things and i don't think should have it's it's not something that keeps you from using it by any means it just makes it a little bit more complicated in the Mm -hmm. field well and there's there's times when you know at face value sometimes you'll look at something you'll see you'll see a system that has uh you know a long list of of quote-unquote features that you can fine-tune your parameters and dial in and sounds really great i can tweak this every possible way um, as compared to a system that maybe has more limited uh configurability or 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 customization if you will and then you end up being complicated and confused because you're not really sure how how to and you know so it's like it's it's good and bad right there's pros and cons with both ways um you know, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm just say I'm surprised that birds and animals aren't in the same grouping. Like those yeah. are different settings. Yeah, but, Sony does the same thing with keeping them separate. But you know, it's some clearly, people might like that. I mean, that's okay. I, I think it's best to have them grouped together. But you know, an automatic recognition of them. But you know, who knows? Um, in the Olympus, do you have to always when when you want to have subject detection? Mm-hmm. Are you you always have to? to pick something up front is there an automatic subject detection option okay so so that's a difference between some like i know in my z9 i can just turn subject detection on auto and it will look for people animals or or vehicles depending on what shows up the viewfinder yeah ditto with the canon and that's a nice feature it is it is but Um, i don't think it's a deal breaker i'm just saying no no um you know, overall, with the autofocus system and using it for subject recognition stuff, it worked pretty well. I Again, I think there's a maturity thing that needs to be tweaked with its animal recognition stuff just because it hasn't been around as long. And I, I you know, I, I made several trips to the zoo because just like we talked about, it's, it's a good place to sort out some of these features. Absolutely. And I felt like it was fighting me a lot of the time, hmm. more so than other cameras. Um, 
you know, where I was having to override it more often to get it to lock on uh, animals correctly. Birds, no problem. Hmm. Um, there are some other things that I would put in the bug category, like you get in bright light, you can barely see the autofocus pattern that you have enabled, just oh. barely. You would actually, in many cases, think there wasn't even one because it's, it can be so hard to see. It's light gray and yeah. very faint. And the histogram, which is a nice three-color histogram, washes out in bright light too. These, hmm. these are things that need to be fixed. They're bugs. Something isn't quite right. And they do make it harder to see stuff. When you have the subject recognition thing going for animals, it can just be, if it can feel like a jumble of rectangles and squares, you know, coming into existence and then disappearing all over the screen to a degree I've not seen with other cameras. That needs to get fixed a little bit too. Yeah. Get, get its enthusiasm damped down a little bit. And, and some then, of it I will figure out with alternative settings over time. Right. And what about I the software menu system as a whole? You said um, it was very different, but how do, how do you... Uh, yeah, it looks more like some of the recent Sony or Canon ones. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, it's not a big difference. If you knew how to use the Olympus menus, they were fine. And that's true with most cameras. You know, more is made out of menu structures by reviewers than <laughs> is honestly appropriate. And it's just because they need something to talk about. And two, they handle so many cameras that differing menus can be confusing for them. But if the, you're the average person that owns one, maybe two systems, you're not going to get confused by any of them. Right. Um, after you learn your camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a big deal. But it's a nice system. You know, it's, it seems pretty intuitive. It looks pretty. <laughs> That's good. But I mean, it sounds like, okay, so autofocus uh, detect subject detection quirks aside you found the autofocus to be absolutely competent no for for traditional autofocus yeah, standard stuff it it was rock solid and i think probably some of that was a benefit of the cross sensors mm -hmm. um but i had no problem with normal subjects it just it was great and that's an area that is distinctly better than what i've found with fujis for example mm -hmm. i love them in many respects but their autofocus performance with wider focal length lenses leaves a lot to be desired it's not consistent with the olympus it's just bang on every time Works so great. so let's um so like you said i mean you've already kind of said the 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 conclusion up front which is you like this camera um and you're going to keep this a camera big firmware drop it, yeah and, and and hope you know those are the kinds of things that firmware should hopefully address and that's what you know again I mean, it goes there are other bugs like the you know gps tagging that now does via Bluetooth, which is great. You know, mm -hmm. previously you had to do some tricks with a track log and, you know, after you were done shooting for the day or whatever, now it just happens in real time. But for example, I was at the zoo and I had that feature on and it's like, where are my shots on the map? Oh, they're way over in the mountains to the, to the West. And what it was doing is, it was taking things that were like 104 point something or other longitude and then just turning them into 105.0000. Rounding errors, right? Rounding <laughs> or, or just rounding. 
yeah founding period yeah it's weird so but, that that's clearly a bug that needs to be yeah there fixed. needs to be better granularity I've heard of other there. people running into that um, okay well there's there some other things like it's got this center priority mode for all of its autofocus sensor patterns that it seems to completely ignore and it'll hmm. go it just goes to whatever's closest it ignores well let's talk about the, the good then so you know let, let's let's yeah. loop back because what we're talking about here is we're talking about a camera that is lists you know it's probably you said it's the least expensive of the of the smart af subject 2200 so 2200 that's really good that's not including a lens or anything like that right. but that's that's nice um and obviously there's a whole range of olympus system lenses that you can use um, and that's good it's compact form factor it's very responsive it's got a great autofocus system that Build just quality needs and weatherproofing refined. standing yeah so it's it looks like in some respects this is probably closer to their flagship camera than anything else um it is their current so so camera. that's that's really great and you know to see that in a compact body um again being able to use that electronic shutter almost exclusively is is really nice um two card slots with sd cards that's a that's a really useful feature when traveling mm -hmm. because you know more often than not it's not that you need the second card necessarily but if you want to make backups or whatever have a second card to offload to your tablet or computer that that can be useful but more importantly is that if you're traveling you can find sd cards in local shops they might not be the fancy ones but you'll still get one and for some for some reason if you need that so that's a lot of really good stuff in this in this camera absolutely now, and i don't want to lose sight of that right that's why know? i wanted to kind of loop us back here um now one a lot of the questions then come and including one from one of our longtime listeners bruce um you know what about the person who is looking to go to one system and you know they want the smaller they want to downsize right um and i get it because not everybody wants to lug around a three or no. four pound camera with the um necessary lenses either um in terms of general purpose you know there's some we've you know, the the micro four thirds sensor by virtue of its size has some trade-offs right i mean you're getting a smaller system so how does this work with more general purpose or if you like landscape photography we talked about the wildlife so the question came from our listeners was what about landscapes and things like that and you know because the olympus has this little trick where it can do sensor shift shooting right where it moves the sensor a little bit and you can effectively generate 50 or even 100 megapixel um uh images with this little sleight of hand it's an interesting idea it is and it's been around for a little while one of the the bugaboos with them in the past is you know the handheld one you really had to be kind of careful how you held the camera with some of them um, and, and it would be susceptible to subject, subject movement, like branches and trees swaying and screwing things up. And that was true for both the handheld and tripod modes. So it's, you can do a, a better job hand holding it. It happens in about half the time to stitch everything together and have the image done. However, um, it still has trouble with movement. I, I tried okay. some handheld high-res shots um, when there was just a slight breeze in my neighborhood and the trees look like garbage you know so oh, okay 
doesn't work yeah this is that ghosting problem like with you know but if you were if you were shooting architecture would work great Mm -hmm. if you were doing something like in a rock canyon with no moving trees it would work great and you would absolutely see more detail and a little bit Mm -hmm. more dynamic range Um, one of the things to know is if you create images that way you can process them in things like lightroom and capture one without any additional steps you will need to change how you sharpen though right because you will need to apply a lot more sharpening than normal okay but double so the take home with what i'm hearing is correct is what you're saying is that for certain situations yes you do get improved resolution not a bad thing but if you're doing all-purpose serious high megapixel shooting this mode would have some significant limitations especially if your subjects are prone to to motion it's not this is not going to replace a a 45 or 50 megapixel camera uh, anytime soon yeah but you can make independent of you know that high res mode or Mm -hmm. things like that you can make pretty large size prints Uh, it's not like it's bad i'm just saying like a 16 by 20 inch print no problem Right. you know just with regular stuff and one of the things i did do too is just as a comparison with the high res modes is use some of the products that we've talked about in past episodes the adobe super res feature where it doubles the mm-hmm. horizontal and vertical resolution you know giving you the equivalent of four times more pixels as well as uh, topaz gigapixel which is one of the better resizing ones and just compared them with what the handheld or tripod mode high res things we're giving. And if you don't have subject movement, the high res modes can work pretty well. If you do have some subject movement and you really need to have a big image for a really big print, that's when you want to use the software tools to resize. And which one works better? It just depends on the shot. Sometimes Gigapixel works definitely better than the Adobe Super Res. And sometimes it's the exact opposite to a large degree. And sometimes they're about the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, you only, it's another option that's out there and it's not a terrible one. And what to be clear, means. you're talking about taking the standard 20 mix, megapixel mm-hmm. shot, single frame. So you're not going to get any weird artifacts in it from, from motion. It's just a tr- and then you up res it with one of these tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that, that is the trouble. No, no one is there. They're even, you know, across different types of shots, the products tend to be a little bit hit or miss with the AI. They can be inconsistent. Sometimes you just get tremendously wonderful results. And sometimes you just scratch your head and say, what was it thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you can see trees with what look like spider webs all through them from yeah. all of these products. So, but, but that's, but that's good to know. So anyway, you would but definitely you can, put this on your recommended list for Olympus shooters. Yes. And for landscape use, yeah, you could do it for sure. You just may have to, in, in situations with a wide range of light values, you may need to do um, blending or HDR. HDR bracket, yeah. To okay. get there. But for no normal stuff, no problem. And, you know, if you're just talking casual landscape, which I would say is more like snapshots, you can mm-hmm. use anything. Mm-hmm. You know, right, right. I, I'm with you there. No, I mean it. it it's well priced. 
and it's a good system and hopefully this uh signals more good stuff coming from uh the camera formerly known as olympus <laughs> OM system yeah uh, if so. i were buying it for wildlife i would want to make sure they sort out some of these bugs before going yeah. with it and, and that's unfortunately that's i a think thing they will that, but well that's a hope i would right? want to see that done i mean i've had cameras in the past where i've said boy they could really fix a bunch of these things in firmware and the next thing you know is Oh, you got to buy the Mark II version of this camera to get that feature. So yeah. I'm not I'm not accusing anybody, of, uh, you know. But you, you, <laughs> firmware is doable on a lot of stuff, or at least we 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 perceive it to be. But firmware updates are not guaranteed. I'll put it that way. Right. You know, there's a lot of stuff, and we won't even go down that. But you know, there's a lot of yes. things that we feel could be easily or theoretically easily addressed by firmware, easily or otherwise. And and yet they never show up. So I don't want to suggest, you know, none of us have any knowledge. This camera's too new, but hopefully these things will be fixed. And you know, if Olympus's track record on firmware is is any good, they'll they'll probably make improvements. It, it, they have a good track record. So hopefully but I'm not expecting fixed. some of those design related things to get fixed, to mm -hmm. be honest. I'm expecting just bugs, you know, things that are straight bugs okay. to get fixed. Well, let's hope so. To anyway, a reasonable degree. Um, I like it. So hopefully um, we've answered some of your questions about the new Olympus or OM system, OM1. And um, we will be back uh, next week with some other topic that we come up with. So send us your topic ideas. Go over to facebook.com slash image doctors and <laughs> give, us some, give us some thoughts to talk the, about. The only, one I, the only thing I would add to that is let's not make it about subject subject recognition for a oh, while yeah i think both of our I, our heads hurt are, at this point yeah no and 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 you know whichever camera you have just learn yours don't worry about what the other guys yeah. do <laughs> it's all good yep okay well until right. next time happy shooting all right bye-bye